Stop playing with me, boy. That's how we do it. Get your popcorn ready podcast here with your host, Hatchet, my boy. Yeah, I'm the other host. The handsome one, T.O., oh, is in the building, and we have a special guest yes. in the building. Yogi Roth is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. My oh. man. What's up, buddy? That's your man? That's my man. That's my guy. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this man right I here. I want to call him Yogi Bear. That's what we I'm can gonna... call him? Yeah. Hey, I want to know. It before. I'm about to say, it's it's not, that's not original. Yeah, yeah, but is Yogi a Yogi? Yeah, I didn't have a choice. That's like my birth name. So, so you, when, I, when I was a kid, obviously, you know, when I was born, my parents gave every kid a Hebrew name or a Hindu name. Okay. One was your first, one was your middle. My middle name is Zohar, which okay. is Hebrew wow. for okay. brightness. And yogi is like if you're a yoga, you practice union. It's basically what the word, word means. And wow. I fought yoga forever. Forever. And oh, then really? I broke my neck playing. Wow. And oh, I remember shit. the doctor saying, you'll never run, you'll never surf again. Wow. I was like, that's a lie. And then I found hot yoga, and I've been doing it for 20 years. So how did you wow. break your neck? Caught a pass in South Florida. Wow. Caught a pass. Body went this way. I went the other way. Mm-hmm. In came your buddy Rob Butler. Remember Rob? You know, yeah, Butler, yeah, right? yeah. Wow. We were on the same team back in the day. He played for the Chargers for a little while. And he came in, and I was a walk on at the time. And I'll never forget, I was on the sideline, and I was like, if I don't go back in, I'm never going to get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel anything. And I was like, just go back in. Right. And played the next couple years. With a broken neck. And then when I was coaching out at SC, I did a lat pull down one day, and I lost all feeling in all my extremities. Wow. And I, hit the, I went to the trainer. I was like, I don't know what's up. And they MRI, and they were like, dude, you're. Brainstem and your C four and five wow. are not Connected. supposed to touch. <laughs> wow! Know? So this is uh, years like later. A week later, yeah, I was like second year, first or second year coaching at SC, which I went to right after I got done playing. Wow, that's crazy! Wow, talk about Wednesday. So yoga yeah. helped me, man. Yeah. <laughs> it comes yeah. back. Yeah. So everybody, there's your answer. Uh-huh. Yogi. <laughs> it's, it's a, a yogi. Zohar, 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 Zohar. That should yeah. be my name because I'm full of brightness. You are. No, he's brightness. not. Yogi, no, he's not. Brightness. That's why you got to wear the shades all the time, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. My name. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, yo, don't even he play into that, dog. Don't even play into that, yo. Did you pay him to say that? No, he got the script. He got the script. He has the script. Well, talking about scripts, right? Again, Yogi, five-star QB, the author of this, with, along with our boy, Joey Roberts. Shout out to Joey as well. Um, again, fourth-time author, author. Thought you were the first. But again, this is your fourth book, uh, five-star QB. So how did this come about? Yeah, well, you're around Elite 11 all mm-hmm. the time, right? Yep. So for those that don't know, think of American Idol for high school quarterbacks. Yep. Right? The staff goes all over the country. We look at the best guys, and then you invite the top 20 or so to – LA. Yep. And what we noticed, and this is I think my 15th or 16th year doing Elite 11, and three years ago, Joey and I sat down and we're like, the parents keep asking the same questions. Yep. Players keep asking the same questions. And the one thing you can't do is Google the answer to how to be no. a five-star quarterback recruit, how to be a walk-on recruit, right. let alone how to be the parents of those recruits. Right. So we said, what can we do? How can we show up? Let's write a book. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a documentary series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me, the filmmaker at the time, I was like, let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you need a lot of money to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, well, you don't need any money to write a book. You yeah. just need, like, the time. So yeah. we said, let's write a book and start there. So we started to do it. And mm-hmm. I started to write down what the chapters would be, anything that a quarterback recruit would go through, mm-hmm. how to go on a visit, how to go to summer camp, how to deal with NIL, how to deal with mental health, how to deal with women on campus, mm-hmm. how to deal with what's going on in between your ears, mm-hmm. how to deal with transferring, transferring twice, yes. whatever it yeah. was, yeah. let's give them advice. Yes. So I started writing. Yes. And they were like, well, let's hear from the people that have done it. Mm-hmm. So we went through every five-star quarterback in the history of recruiting. There was mm-hmm. 134 of them at the time that we published the book. Wow. And we hit every one of them up. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you give advice to the next generations? Mm-hmm. And 
Pretty much everybody said, yeah. Right. How responsive were, th- were those 134 guys? Like, were there, who said no? Like, who would want right. to was say no? Right, was there any hesitancy? Yeah, for sure. For some? Like, there was uh, there's three groups. One was like, yes, we're in. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's on the cover, back and front cover of that book said yes. 54 guys said yeah. Okay. Didn't flinch. Then there was the group that we couldn't get a hold of. Right, so it's kind of like right. my generation. Like, I was trying to get a hold of, like, Jeff Smoker, Matt Lavecchio, like, guys from wow. back in the day. And you're just pinging them on LinkedIn, like, yeah, just finding yeah, a yeah. way. Yeah. And then there's the middle group that was like, wow, this is cool. Let me think about it. And then it was, I don't want to go there. I can't go there yet. The pain is too much. Because mm-hmm. what happens is you get labeled. Like, you yeah. guys, you didn't go to USC, so nobody yeah. thought either one of you were going to be the best player in the world at right. 15. So they want to be labeled a bust. They are. They all, every one of those guys are pretty mm. much labeled a bust if you look at the definition. The definition right. of Only one player out of the 134 quarterbacks to have been named a five-star quarterback in recruiting has won a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Wow. And it was Matthew Stafford, year 13, team wow. two. Right. And nobody thought that was going to happen. And that was just a couple years ago exactly. yeah. with the Los Angeles Rams. And the definition of a five-star recruit per all of these recruiting sites is a franchise-changing quarterback. French is chasing changing player. Mm. I mean, only twelve have been drafted in the top ten. Okay, so right? so, so like they're and they're all ooh, ballers. So, so these guys get there with this expectation, expectation on them, yeah. and it's hard. So we said we got to give you tools and advice. Yes, so we interviewed them. Fifty-four mm. players said, "Here you go." And then Joey and I looked at each other and said, well, "We got to we got to keep asking." So mm-hmm. we asked about fifty coaches: mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, Chip Kelly. Lincoln Riley, Dan Lanning, Ryan Day, John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, Mike Gervais, the sports psychologist, mm-hmm. Brenda Tracy, uh, who speaks about, you know, she, she was gang raped on the college campus. violence stuff, yeah. Yeah, we mm-hmm. talked to parents like C.J. Stroud's mom, Kimberly, and Bryce Young's father, Craig, and C, uh, Christian McCaffrey's mom, Lisa. Like, mm-hmm. we just try to, like, literally look under every stone, stone and say, right. how do we help? Yeah. And right. 600 pages later, we got that book. That's awesome. Man. Because, so, again, I, I can't stress enough to the kids the, uh, about the stars and the ratings Bro. and the rankings and the on this. It's like it doesn't matter. What matters is the work. So, again, knowing this type of information now, if you had a 14 to 15-year-old in high school and he wants to be a five-star quarterback, is it okay to say you don't want to be a five-star quarterback if you want to go to the NFL? Yeah, I think it, I, I've got a ton of empathy for players and parents now. Five years ago, I would have said exactly that. Mm. Now, when you get that fifth star, Mm. what happens to you? Mm. Your NIL valuation grows. Your social media following grows. Mm -hmm. If you look on college campuses, the players that have the biggest following are usually the guys that committed to multiple schools. Because they got those fan bases when they they committed. they worked the system, Mm. right? They they didn't commit early. They worked the system. And that probably now will equate to more money Money. in NIL. But is it generational changing money? Uh Uh-uh. No. Is it life-changing? Maybe. For the moment. Right, for the moment. But I would would urge them to say, okay, I want you to define. This is what we ask at Elite 11, day one. We say, what's your intention here? Mm -hmm. Win the MVP to be the man, to get a life-changing experience, to get tools for your life, and then pay attention to it. So if your intention is to make the most money on NIL, okay. Yeah. Market the daylights out of yourself. Put five-star QB in your header. Right, right. If your intention is to maximize your potential, mm. okay, let's have let's sit down and have a different conversation. And yeah. then how legit are you committed to that? And right. that is hard at 15. Absolutely. Right. So and then how you, do you parents. Right. So how do you change, like you said, at 15, that teenager, how do you change that mindset uh, of a kid 
that obviously, like I said, now, like, you know, popularity, likes, um, social <laughs> media yeah. status, that's everything for a kid. And like you said, the evaluation, we're talking about NIL money, like now they're already putting out uh, NIL evaluation Millions. for some of these kids, right? Yeah. I mean, Look at Bronny James. He had, his evaluation is seven point two million. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they go and and the list goes on. So how do you, like I said, change that mindset for a kid to know that okay, you may be popular in this area, but this is where you really need to be popular, which is on the field. Yeah. How does that translate? I remember where I was against Green Bay when you caught that pass in the slot, mm-hmm. but you got somebody throw it to you. Mm, right. And so yeah. I go to like community and family really mm-hmm. specifically. So I often now, since this book came out, I talked to a lot of parents instead of being a hater on the system, I got insane empathy. Parents are looking down the road. I'm a parent of like, what's best for my son in a couple years. Yep. Well, what are you ignoring how they're doing today? So mm, I talked to a family right and right. I said, they said, we want to train, we want our kid to transfer. I said, okay, I've heard this story a thousand times. Tell me why. Well, we want to get him to the best college. We think he's got the it factor. We think he can go to the NFL. He's got all the tools. Okay, right. cool. See how many times we've we seen that. Every kid in of history of recruiting would say that. It's okay. Um, is he happy? Yes. Mm. How are his grades? Straight A's. What is his friend circle like? Great. Is he into drugs? Not at all. Does he like his coaches? Yeah. Is there a faction in the locker room? No, it's actually pretty healthy, even though he's not the starter. But there's a guy ahead of him, and it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then just pump the brakes. Yeah. Because, number one, if you want to eliminate him from any competitive setting and environment, that is a detriment to him. To being a player. Number actually. two, the way the college football works now is the minute you think you're the guy, they're going to bring another transfer in to compete with you or take your job. Mm-hmm. And then, as you two know, when you get to the NFL, it's even more of Every a competitive day, premium. Day. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling parents, like, don't rob your children of moments where they get to understand Compassion and competition mm-hmm. in the same vein. Compassion for the guy they're competing with, understanding competition with the guy they're competing with. So I say, I start there of like, can you compete to connect to the present moment? Mm. And that is not easy. So you have to be reminded of it all the time. Yeah. But this post didn't do great. Hey man, don't worry about it. What are you doing in the present moment? Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't have all the offers. Okay, cool. What was the workout like yesterday? There you go. All those things come back to the only thing we really control. And when you think about your best moments, whether you were in the Jets or you were at the Niners or play, wherever you're playing, you were in this state of flow and you're truly connected to the moment, to the route, to the ball, everything in slow motion. Mm-hmm. We can train that. That's positive psychology. We can train that side of an athlete, but the people around them have to be aware of it. Mm. And I think it's hard when you're like, their uncle or their father or their coach or their mom, where you're like, I'm looking out for their best interest in the future. What about That will take care of itself if you're good. Yes. Right. But how do you suppress the expectations that they may have, star, senior, whoever may be in front of them. But again, they have this five-star, you know, credential. Mm -hmm. They feel like, okay, I can come in right away. So how do you suppress the the expectation, especially of parents? And I think it's a two-way street too, because there's, realistic expectations and there's some unrealistic expectations. Yeah, it's a good question. So Chris Peterson, who is one of my like close friends and guys I admire most in football, Mm -hmm. former coach at Washington and Boise State, uh, walked away from the game, wasn't happy, right? He would always say to every recruit, however you think it's going to go, the only guarantee I can tell you is that it's not Not going to go that way. Wow. It might be better. It might be worse. It's just not going to go exactly like you think. So let's just accept that. With the parents, I, and I do this at the Elite 11 now, is I just tell them the facts. Mm-hmm. 134 quarterbacks. Uh, over 50%, 52% of them transferred once. Another mm-hmm. 20% transferred twice. 
the likelihood of your son starting at his first school, the numbers would, the facts over 20 years would say, not that great. Not happening. That, not that great. When you just look at the ranking in and of itself every year, my favorite graphic is uh, in the Super Bowl, too deep. What are their high school rankings? What were your high school rankings? Right. You guys probably Zero weren't even stars. ranked. Zero yeah. stars. Zero stars. Not on the board. Point being, two of the greats, right? Look at Jerry Wright. Zero stars. Like, you can kind of just paint a picture to them. That's the first thing I would do is let's just look at reality. Because the parents that <laughs> I hear from a lot, they'd be like, I hear you. I agree with you. But hey, can you help me out? Get my kid I know. They go star? right back to the— <laughs> It'll help Matt. It'll boost his recruiting. And I'm like, for what? The coach doesn't care. Right. Coach could care less. You care for a bunch of reasons, and now you have empathy around those reasons. That's the first thing. Second thing, we went deep in the book, and we call it the wonder switch, mm-hmm. where when you walk out to a stadium, pick any stadium in the world, and imagine being 15, 16, 18 on your visit, or even playing, you walk out to the Coliseum here in L.A., and you are like, whoa. Big deal. Wonderment. Mm-hmm. And then your imagination goes, I see myself making plays. see myself winning championships. Well, at a point in time when recruiting, which was fun, became a business— and NIL, which was fun, then became a business. Playing, which was fun, became a business. Yeah. And that wonder switch, we say, gets turned off. Mm. And it's often by others. In your social media, you suck. You're not as good as your ranking. Mm-hmm. By your coach, by a fan heckling you, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you're playing with zero joy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I go back to are you happy as just the song on repeat for these players. Because they're not going to be. Yeah. I go into these locker rooms all the time and I say, how many of your wonder switches have been turned off? everybody. 95% of locker rooms in the Pac-12 footprint, which is the one I talk to most, say, yeah, it's yeah. been off. Okay, well, how do you turn it back on? You control it. Mm-hmm. Again, what's your intention? What do you love? What makes you tick? Mm-hmm. And I think those are the things that are hyper-specific. Mm-hmm. Take another level. Look at the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. What were their rankings in high school? Not high. Drew Brees, Tom. I mean, other than the Mannings. Right, of course. A lot of more Juco right. guys. Aaron Rodgers, right? Juco. Totally. Right? It's like All the guys you think. It. Kirk, just go down the list. Jared Goff, three-star. Kirk Cousins, three-star. Like, you can go on the list of every starter. Well, let me let me ask you this. Again, I, I don't, I'm not bashing the parents here. I just want them to understand the, the dynamic of what we're talking about, right? Do you think that parents kill the kids' dreams more than the kid themselves? No, I don't. I think that the parents may not ask the kid what their dream is, mm. to be honest. Like, okay. I was just talking to somebody out in the hallway, and they were like, yeah, I don't know if my relative loved the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I really believe that. Like, way back in the day when I was at a I had this video um, called Do You Love It? Mm-hmm. We play for the team for the training camp. And the whole concept was like, if you love something, you'll do anything to protect it. Anything. And at some point... I believe that football players, you have this. We all all had. I've hated football before, too, whether it's a player, a coach, or a broadcaster. Like, you have this unique relationship with it. And I think that sometimes parents can want it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned in a lot of our research is that if you ask players who would they rather talk to after a game, they'd say mom. Because mm-hmm. often dad is associated with performance and mom yeah. is associated with safety. Yeah, yeah. Is, You're okay, baby. Statement. It's okay, right? right? You it's had a, a good time. But it, th- there's some <laughs> facts around that when, when we've talked to players around it. And there, that's why we dedicate a whole chapter to parenting. And it was yeah. fascinating to hear what players said about, like, the pressure their father oftentimes put on them to commit to the bigger school mm-hmm. or to whatever it may be around the position. And they didn't have a lot of joy around it. Mm. And all the guys— their wonder switch or their joy around it, it will get turned off because recruiting, when your first offer comes, it's the greatest dream of all time right, achieved. Right, right, right. And then by your 35th, you're like, dude, will you stop calling? Stop calling me. Right? me. <laughs> so again, I go back to the team. Like, who's managing it? 
Who's mm-hmm. helping you? Because it is hard as hell to navigate this space alone. Yeah. And I look at like Caleb Williams, he's got a community around him. He's at the right community. Parents, now he's got the professional agents and management. Like they're making sure he still loves playing. Yeah. And he does, man. I was at practice this week. He loves going out to practice. Right. Yeah. And some guys, when you get all that pressure on you, it's like the job already and it's too early to have a job. Loose. A lot of these parents, they have more love and passion for sport than the kid does sometimes. And if there's no communication, <clears throat> then that's when it, things get get lost. Yep. Because sometimes, like a kid, like I said, they may be doing it just for the parents. Just for dad, just for just mom. Just for mom or just for dad. Most of the time, sure, just for dad. Yeah, it's it's so hard. What, I, what we learned in the book was parents really don't know how to navigate this unless they've right. had, like, it makes another child. Another kid. Or experienced yeah. it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think for, like, to answer that question, Chip Kelly, I'll steal this line from him. He's like, how many people can we get same message different messenger how many people can we get around your kid to this give you locker that same room same message keep yeah i mean look at elite 11 when you're there like yep. you're working with the wideouts but you're mentoring the quarterbacks just as much and vice versa cuz sometimes you just need a different voice and now yep. you've got a community yep. Yep. that sticks with you like the right. thing i'm most proud of at the elite 11 is not finding the sam darnold diamonds in the rough that nobody's offered or watching trevor lawrence flourish on the stage of the elite 11 finals it's 6 8 10 years later when they're like Hey, I'm done. Uh, I just got this job. Hey, I'm thinking about asking my lady to get married. Like yeah. those things, or like, hey, I haven't left my basement because I thought I'd get picked up as an undrafted free agent, and I didn't, and I'm really embarrassed. Yep. Like the mentorship, mm, the right, guidance right. is everything, and that's why even the cover has their faces. Because I believe that when you sign as a football player to mm-hmm. a big school, immediately what do you do? Mm. You go to their huddle highlight film. Of course, you go to YouTube check out their social media, and you go to their ranking, and now you check out their NIL valuation. Right. You don't see the heartbeat. And I know it's cliche of, like, they're humans. Like, I heard your podcast with Joy Taylor. You talked about we're all human beings, and mm-hmm. I love that thing. And it's true, and I was like, most fans of these schools don't even know what half of these guys look like. Facts. Facts. It's just the truth. And How you many put pages on your armor, are in here? Uh, it's over 600 he can't pages-ish. Read. Don't even worry about that. Yeah. So, well, we just got to split this book in half. Yeah. He gets 300, I get 300 because you only brought one book. Yeah. Well, I exactly. figured it'd be like in the set. You know, you can put it behind you. You know, looking I mean, good. You know Sharon's I mean, caring. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, and again, I don't think a, a, an 18-year-old is ready to be treated like a robot. Not even close. Like, how do you think those conversations start to differ when the parents understand what you're talking about and when they don't understand what you're talking about? Yeah, when I was interviewing one of the head coaches in the book, uh, I said, hey, um, I talked to a parent the other day, and they were like, thanks, but we don't we don't need the advice. And he goes, those are exactly the parents that need, need the advice. <laughs> need the advice. Yes. The ones that yes. think they know everything. It, it, it's, just, it's just really, it's extremely hard, I think, to help a child navigate this, even if you've been through it, and mm-hmm. definitely if you haven't. Right. And that's why I just keep leaning back on, like, tribe, community, ask questions, Mm -hmm. and then you hit them with facts. So think of your rookie year. I remember talking to a bunch of uh, rookie quarterbacks about this. They said it was the hardest year of their life in football because season ended, went right to draft prep, Mm -hmm. right to uh, senior bowl, whatever. You you go through the whole media run, then you go to OTAs, and then you're in training camp, and then it's the longest season of your life. And by, like, week 10, you're just spinning. Yeah, like, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if you had to do the stats around, like, 
uh, who has mono the most? Like it'd be rookies right. in NFL or professional sports because you just don't stop. Mm -hmm. And I say that for these high school kids of they're the man. Let's just take Josh Rosen for example. Mm -hmm. 14 years old, he was dubbed the best player in America. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yep. And he came and he looked like the best player in America. Yep. Then he went to UCLA, was the best freshman in America, mm -hmm. and just never stopped until he got injured. Yeah. And I remember talking to him at practice, and he was like, "Thank God, I just like got to take a breath. Like it was the best yes. thing for me. The injury was the best thing." For so him. I tell like, parents, to answer your question, like your son sitting for a year or not being. Thing. QB1, RB1, wide out one, whatever, is going to be great yeah. because they got to go to school still. Yeah. They're going to be on their own for the first time. They have to figure out how to do laundry. They're going to like be around like the Greek system. They're going to be on yeah. co college. is awesome. Like they're, right. It's a whole different planet. Yeah. To and think I, they can handle it all, you'd be crazy. Be crazy. Yeah, I, to your point, too, just thinking of what you just mentioned, just taking a breath, a breather. I think that's the same approach, too. For parents to ask me about, like, you know, should, should should my kid play two sports? Should he play football or should I just concentrate? I think they should play a little bit of everything. everything. And yeah. I encourage parents, like, yo, if playing basketball or whatever, yeah, go play, go, go play. play track. Because you're giving you know, yourself go. a break from your original sport. Right, exactly. Totally. And you're exercising and you're activating different muscle groups too. You're not just constantly just being redundant, doing the same old, same old, same old, same old. And over time, Something's going to have to give. John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, wrote about that. It's one of the last chapters of the book around like evaluations. Like, what do we really look at? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fascinating chapter. All those uh, we called them ambassadors of the game. It was their penmanship towards the parents of the players. Like, Let me give you some advice. Mm -hmm. And John talked about it. Coach Carroll talked about it in the forward of you need to play other stuff because we want to see you in competitive settings. If you've got the tools, you can manufacture what a quarterback looks like. Right. Drops well. Sees it well, but it, it. yeah, you could play in an average league in high school. Right. Like you could be good. And that's right. why he can manufacture being a quarterback. But, but the reality is, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and like I always go to, um, I think when I watch hatch coach receivers, they're not just running routes all day long. Like they're working the craft. Mm. And I think now with you sports, it's like how many seven on seven games can we get in a weekend? Right. How many soccer games can we get in a weekend? How many hoop AAU games can we get in a weekend? And it's like. How many times can we just practice? Right. Yeah, Top you of training. Yeah, you can catch a thousand tennis ball, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the skill development is something that sometimes has got, sometimes has gotten lost. Yeah. Thus, when athletes get to the next level and they can't just run by dudes, mm -hmm. like I, I see Larry. I, I imagine Larry Fitz right now as a freshman in Pitt. He could not run or drop his hips like right. any of the guys on the roster. Right. But he could catch. He could, high he could catch everything. Ball, right. He could high point. He could adjust. And over time, he got with the strength staff. All of a sudden, his hips loosened up. Yep. He got with the wideout coach. All of a sudden, he could drop his hits, break out of routes. Like, yep. And mm -hmm. sophomore year, you saw the best player in the country. Yep. And I just never forget watching him work those crafts. And I think that is something that can get lost, especially at the quarterback position, because I want to go out and show my hose as often as possible versus <laughs> what if I – here's here's an, like, the last thing on it. If you asked – uh, High-performance psychologist, Dr. Michael Gervais, who you should have. You may have already had him on the show. No, we want to have him. You need to have him for on. Sure. He wrote a chapter in the book, and he talks about how you can train three things. Mm -hmm. And you guys know this. You can train your body, right? Abs. Everybody's seen you do that infamously, right? Uh, you can train your craft, mm -hmm. wide receiver, quarterback play, and you can train your mind. mind. Mm -hmm. And how much time are we putting into it? What I love most now is getting around the next generation of quarterbacks and asking them about that question, and they're like, I'm already seeing a high-performance psychologist. 
I'm already studying positive mm. psychology because it's in front of you and on your smartphone yes and yeah. on the internet you can get all of these tools and I love that and that's the thing I really would tell parents is what are you front loading I tell it to college coaches all the time I said when your recruit comes in please tell me you don't talk about NIL first playing mm. time second NFL third and school fourth mm. tell him that right down the hall we have nine licensed professional therapists mm -hmm. and the door is open day one we're here to help you and when you need it when it gets beyond just a little performance anxiety, mm -hmm. which everyone will have, when it gets to something serious, the door is open. Right. You're not right. going to, your playing time won't get impacted. Your scholarship won't get impacted. Right, right. That is to me like the conversation that needs to be had today. Yeah. One of the coolest things, there's not many cool things on like Instagram, I don't think. Right. One of the coolest mm -hmm. things is the throwback videos from elite performers. Mm -hmm. And they talk about, you know, dribbling two balls at midnight, mm -hmm. right? I, I remember talking to Jurgen Klingsmann, who was like the Michael Jordan of German soccer. He was the U.S. national team coach a couple of years ago. And he would say that uh, a lot of soccer players were playing all these AAU games, all these games every weekend, but he was in his small town growing up and he was just kicking the ball against the garage, mm -hmm. getting so used to the spin of the ball. Like think of all those things at night. How, both of all three of us, I'm sure, were throwing it to ourselves in bed. Yep. Pitch yep. black. Catching the ball. Catching it. Yeah. Getting to know a relationship with this ball. Like yep. I think that is something that we have to keep pouring into. And I love that some of the older folks, like our generation, whether it's a Kobe video or whatever, it's like teaching about that. I call it uh, the lonely work. Are you willing yes. to do boring things longer? Yes. Fall in not love not with than the anybody else, just, just longer. Yeah. Right. Mundane, monotonous. Uh, you heard Kobe, you know, yeah. do some of those things. Like he would be in the gym and he would do the same move like a thousand times yeah. before he went to the, <laughs> he would do, do, the, move, do a jab yeah. on the left like a thousand times. Then he go to the right. You know what I mean? Do pump fakes. You know what I mean? Reverse pivots, all those types of things. And just to touch on something that you said that you mentioned about John Schneider, um, about the competition, you know, I think, and, and that's, mm -hmm. that's their motto. And you're it's, up there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it was compete. You always know what I mean? Compete. It's always yeah. competing. But I think that's what helped me grow as a, a football player. Cause I was competitive. I was, I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't the most athletic. I didn't have the most talent. That's evident based on where I was drafted. Like I said, there's a lot of good athletes in the world. There's only a yeah. handful of great ones in every sport. Yeah. Why is that? I couldn't agree more. The way I answer that now, I didn't answer this like five years ago, but the studying I've done in my head, yeah, yeah. right? You live it. It's like the average division one athlete. Let's say, let's take a receiver nowadays, right? A outside receiver is going to be 6'2", 190, running a 4'5", in high school. Like that's the, that's what you need to be to get to D1. Yeah, your standard right? measurable. That's your, those yeah. are the dudes. Those would be five, four-star guys. Yeah. But when you look on the NFL roster, it's the people who are not in that box. 100%. That's where they're trying to – that's what I don't think the people understand. You don't want to be in the box, but you have to do this to get in the box. No, you just have to be great at what you do. Right, because I think a lot of these kids, like you're talking about, you, you have to compete. You have passed the eye test. Right. You know what I mean? You're already in the door. You're right, exactly. Door. You right. can go out there, run routes. You can do that in your sleep all day. But what happens when you have someone in front of you, you know what I mean, right. when you compete? Are you going to look as flawless? Yeah. So I think what happens now, um, especially in recruiting, is let's just take you guys and let's just imagine you're huge recruits. Mm -hmm. And let's just imagine you went to a school here in L.A. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're the man. You're both five-star guys. And everybody loves you externally. Then you sign your letter of intent. Mm -hmm. You start spring football. Let's just say you're a mid-year enrollee at USC and UCLA, respectively. Mm -hmm. But you go in the facility and you don't know the playbook. You're swimming a little bit. The ball's mm -hmm. come a little too hot than yeah. you're really regularly anticipating. And class is hard because it's brand new for you. Mm -hmm. 
And everybody knows it because they see it on the screen every day. And you're not running with the ones. You're not running with twos. In fact, you're running with the threes. Mm -hmm. Then you walk outside and all your boys, your whole community is like, yo, T.O. Hatch, how's it go? You're killing it, right? Mm -hmm. Then the season comes around and you're buried and you're working scout team. But you come outside and all your boys are saying, you're getting screwed, man. They're screwing. You should bail. You don't have that NL money like so-and-so. Get out. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that poll yes. clearly is not allowing any athlete to maximize their potential. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that I go back to the community, community of like, man. what are mom and dad, are they telling you the hard, sh hard shit? Mm -hmm. Like, right. are you accepting and embracing that your coaches, every coach I've met wants the players to play great. Yeah, we want all they you to want play you great. to be right. on scout team. <laughs> we want you to be the man. Right, right. We want you to live up to every one of your own expectations, let alone others. And I think for athletes, embracing that and being like, okay. And I say this, this is where I, the only time I chirp back on social media is when I see the quarterback right proving all the haters wrong. And I always just get in his <laughs> mentions and I'll say, just prove yourself right. Because you're wasting energy. I did that as a player. I was proving everybody wrong. I was a walk-on, got a scholarship, like fighting every day and never had fun. Right. And I think there's something to being driven by other people. But once you get past that, like you can hit a whole new plateau, a whole new planet when you're like, I am driven by me. Like you don't even know what's inside of right, me. What right, that right, means. right. Now, when you start to, say, become the person that you want to become, right, and you have everybody saying that you're good, I don't necessarily think that's helpful neither. I'd rather see a lot more guys fail than succeed early in your career. Like, how do you feel on that side? Well, it's going to happen. I remember calling Ryan Paralu, if you're a football nerd. He, he's a big name from the South. And Ryan was the same class as Mark Sanchez, number one kid of America. Mm -hmm. He said, yo, I could, I could see him now on our Zoom interview. Mm -hmm. He goes, I was laying on the grass on my farm in Louisiana. I got a call, and they said, you're the best player in the world. Mm. My whole life changed. Mm. His whole life changed. He didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to Kyle Allen, who's now currently yeah. in the NFL. And on his Twitter bio, we were in the Chicago Elite 11 Regional. It said five-star pro-style quarterback. We brought him over and said, hey, Kyle, like, why do you got that? And he's like, I don't even know. I just kind of put it up there. I figured I should. And we're like, well, that's what you want to be known as, somebody else's definition, then go for it. Mm. And it was really a cool moment for him. Like Within an hour after practice, right. it was totally changed, and it was whatever he wanted it to become. And I think all these guys, and what we learned in the book is not one player I've yet to meet is like, I want to be, make me the five-star guy. Right. And right. they all think it's cool, but right. somebody else labels them with that expectation. You've lived without your whole life. Everyone in the world has labeled you. I don't mm -hmm. know how you would label yourself, but I know that people have said T.O. is this or mm -hmm. T.O. is that. How many times have you heard that? Right. And I think that players uh, feel that a lot and then go one of two ways either live up to that other person's expectations, and then if they get there, they're really not fulfilled, mm -hmm. or they're like, screw that, I'm going to go prove them wrong. Right. And there's, there's, a, there's a white space that we're missing, which is like, man, like, I'll, what makes me happy? Right. Playing, competing, mm -hmm. and, and not shutting down the rest of the world, because you need to embrace it. You need to right. embrace the NIL. You need to make money when you can. But having a thoughtful dialogue within your own self. Mm -hmm. And part of that is your point of like, it's not going to go perfect. Right. Because I'm with you. Because what do we see now? We see the freshman who doesn't become the starter dip. Dip. I'm gone. Like for what? Versus <laughs> for six wow, months. I'm going to grow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to grow. Like I get some are bad fits, right. but nothing in life is perfect. Especially Marriage so isn't early. Perfect. Yeah. Parenting isn't perfect. Like as you go, business isn't, this podcast, it's mm. been kicking ass for a couple years. It probably hasn't been perfect every single day. No, it's horrible. But you didn't him, run. Actually. Yeah, you didn't run from him. I you didn't stayed run, in I didn't it. I didn't run from you, Chuck. I mean, that's why I'm late. I, was, I yeah, dread I coming in here. I'm late because I'm like, yo, I really got to go sit in here for a couple hours with this dude. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. 
You're, you're yeah. exactly right. There, there's a great phrase that I'll steal from Mike Gervais where he said, uh, at the core <clears throat> of optimism is resilience. Mm-hmm. That's positive psychology if you mm-hmm. go back to that study, oh, right? Psychology geez. is often, we would walk into a therapist room and it used to be, what's wrong with you? Let's fix it. And now in at least sports psychology is like, how did you do that? Yes. Like, let's find yes. out how you can replicate or elevate. Yes. And I think in positive psychology, the whole idea is like, how can we create and recreate moments of resiliency? Mm-hmm. So then I do it with my eight-year-old. I'll yep. take him to a climbing wall and be like, all right, you're going to fall, you're going to fall. Yeah. And I'm like hearing him, what's he saying to himself? You got this, a little more snap, yeah. you got yeah. this. And you're training, same thing as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not the starter, I'm not going to dip, yeah. I got this. Wait right. till you see me next spring, after this offseason, whatever it may be. And you're creating this resiliency within you versus yes. I'm out, I'm getting effed, this I coach hates me, the quarterback room is against me. I'm going to the next place. And then you get on your third or fourth school. It's We've over. seen that happen with guys. Yes. And then what happens when it's all said and done because five years flies yeah, by? You don't yeah. waste it, yeah. You don't waste You've it. You've been transferring. Yeah. It's even worse. It's wasted, and then they're dramatically depressed. Mm-hmm. And that's the scariest part about all this. And I, I've said this many times, and I write about in the book, of in recruiting, we put all these players on these pedestals. And when we were playing, if you were on that pedestal, or if I was on that pedestal, or if Fitz was on the pedestal, mm-hmm. if we fell off it, we fell from maybe one two-story building. Right. Now, because all these media companies are looking at it and be like, well, let me film your commitment video. Yes. Let me see if we can get 5 million views on this. And they do. Now you're on the 30th floor. Mm-hmm. And when you fall, which you will, I hate to say it, but we've seen five neck. athletes this year die by suicide in yeah. college athletics. Wow. Like, to cut through the bullshit, like, that's a real thing. Wow. Yeah. Mental tough. health and wellness. I was just at SC and did a whole panel with multiple athletes, multiple wow. sports in front of 100 student-athletes. Wow. Mental health and wellness is a real thing. Right. Well, as we continue to grow expectations and awareness and attention, if we're ignoring the fact that it's hard to deal with that, then we're just ignorant. Yeah. This is how I think social media is, right? If they think it's TV. Yeah. So if you're 12 and you see yourself on TV, what do you think? I made Sweet. it. Yeah. You haven't made it. How do you feel about the, the YouTube channel for the younger athletes and them being all the time on social? Because I don't think it helps the athlete because I think they're just too understand that. It's too young to understand that. Well, to, before you answer, I think a lot of, like when you're talking about the YouTube, like most of the time they're watching highlights. One of themselves, though. That's what I don't like. it. I don't okay. want you to watch yourself on TV and think this is what it's about. You haven't made it yet. Okay. And that, that, that's the whole, uh, they're saying, well, my, my mom recorded me. She puts it up. Now I'm on YouTube. And I go home and I go to a TV like this and I put it on YouTube. In their mind, they think I'm T.O. They're on ESPN. Yeah. I'm on ESPN. Yeah. Your mom filmed that. Yeah. You're not on ESPN. And if you're, if you're 12 and you get to be 20, then you've been watching yourself on TV for eight years. You're kind of like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm sick of it already. Like, I want you to be hungry for to be on ESPN, to be on a Saturday night game on ABC at Clemson or at Penn State. Like, that's what I want you to think that that's what it's about, not about you're in the backyard on grass and then you're on TV. Yeah, I have such I, – I keep using the same word, but, like, uh, well, let's say emotional intelligence would be loosely defined as having the capacity to deal with your thoughts and the thoughts of others with empathy. Mm-hmm. I say that because – with this generation in recruiting, like we have to like compete to be super empathetic to that because there's this world where you can be 11 years old. There's a kid named Blaze something who right. just got offered a couple of weeks ago yeah. by yes. FAU school in Florida. I don't, yeah. can't remember which one. And I saw it first and I was like, oh no, 
this happens. And I know coaches that have offered like 12 year olds before and they do it for the notoriety of their program. Right, right. They cut right through all the noise and media and all of a sudden they're on first take or whatever the show may be and people yep. are talking about them. Yep. And then I went to that individual's uh, social channels and I was like, wow, this 11 year old has like everywhere. half a million followers. He's everywhere. And I sat there and I'm like, well, the coaching staff that just offered him definitely won't be at that school by right. the time he's by the time, right. <laughs> that, that 100%, <laughs> nine, I, I will bet a paycheck now. on that. Absolutely. But number two, like to your point, like how is it benefiting him? It may be benefiting him in the NIL world if right. he lives and resides in a state where you can do that. Now, I don't know what the rules are around 11-year-olds. I know right. they are in high school in California. You can make money off yourself. So there's like a business there to a degree. And I'm very, I get all that. Right. Like you might change the life of your family. You might get out of wherever you may be living to a better situation. But again, to your point, if we look down the road a little further, mm -hmm. is it really that beneficial? Maybe. And if it is, how are we policing it? And I go back right. to the first thing we said, which is what is the intention? Mm -hmm. The intention is to grow this brand. Okay, then be about the brand. That's where you want to go. But if your intention is to play on a Saturday night in Autzen, mm -hmm. on a Saturday night at Washington in front of a sold-out Husky Stadium and go to New York for the Heisman because you're one of the best players in America, this isn't going to get you there. That's not going to get it's you there. It's just not. I've voted for the Heisman for a decade. Right. It's never based on your YouTube channel. I promise <laughs> you that. So, I, I, again, right. you gotta, I would, like, how do we compete with, like, great empathy? Right? Like, why do you want to have this YouTube channel, man? You want to remember where you're from? Do you want to watch it every day? Like, let's just get to the truth of it. Do you think it's super cool to watch yourself? Okay, let's police it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think to, ha to have that dialogue is really important because you're right. By 20, and I've done this where I've interviewed players, and they, they could care less. Right. Like, I've been on TV on my own IG for right. six years. Right. I'm like, bro, but you don't understand media. I'm here to help tell your story. Yeah. And you can't do it by yourself all the time. If you want, I ask athletes this every summer at Elite 11, how many want to win the Heisman? They all raise their hand. I said, who votes for it? They have no clue. And I say, the media votes for it. Right. So you all want to pout because we're asking you to go meet with 50 members of 24-7, recruiting sites, whatever. But all those guys have Heisman votes. Mm. So begin your narrative now mm -hmm. and help them pen it by sharing who and what you're about versus look at me, eat with my boy. Like it's just a total different intention. Yep, I agree. Right. But I mean, even with that that you just mentioned, like they can meet and talk to these guys, kind of set us, I guess, set themselves up for, I guess, to with their performance. They got to add the performance to, That's a good point. to you know what yeah. I mean? Because you, you got to back it up. Right. I mean, yeah. you can, I mean, it's, those kids, one of those kids maybe, or none of them could be good salesmen. Well, that's the, the worst the part of it, T.O. <laughs> to the media. But then you got to back that up with your performance. Like, yeah. you can be that all day. You're like, yeah, you talk my ears off, impress me, your, your, your resume. But <laughs> that performance has to back that up. Yeah, and that's what is scary for me around where we are. Like, you referenced your nephew. Like, what if it doesn't work out like he thinks it will? You know, and now this... Again, you're on the proverbial 10th, 11th floor. Like, I see the Holinsky Hope wristband <laughs> you have on. Like, you're clearly connected to that family and on a bunch of levels. And the work they've done is fascinating in locker rooms around the country. We've seen that from a bunch of family. Katie Myers' family, Stanford soccer player who committed suicide earlier yeah, uh, this crazy, year. Yeah, crazy, man. Yeah, like, like, I just think that, like, we're looking down the line. We're helping out your future. We have to be connected to the moment. Mm -hmm. And that is a tough dance to dance with. So, again, to the parent— what is the intention? Mm -hmm. I remember at Elite 11 years ago, we were there. I don't want to say the player's name, but you'll know who it is. And he had a tattoo on his arm, and it had an NFL logo on it. 
And I went up and I was doing a piece on his mom who had just beaten cancer. And I went up to his mom and I was doing this heartfelt moment in this documentary we were producing. And uh, at the end, we were kind of finished up our interview and she goes, my baby's going to get me to the league. Mm. And I remember saying like, he might get himself to the league. Right. And it was like a tough thing because I knew he wasn't that, that guy. type of guy. He wasn't Trevor right. Lawrence. Right. There's only a handful of those guys that you know right. you've been there yep. where you're like, yeah, he's going. Yeah. And he probably isn't. Right. And I felt my heart broke so bad because the intention was he's going to get me up out of here and we're going to go family. achieve this dream. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder how happy he is. And he might be as happy as a clam. I Hopefully don't know. he is, right. But again, look into the future connected to the moment. And that is hard as hell. You can't probably do it alone. So is your community on the same page? That's and when crazy. you don't have somebody on that, they got to go. I think what I'm hearing you talk about and what we want to do is we want to help the kids. Because like I said, when you talk about the mental health thing, that's it's a real thing. Yeah. And a lot of these things factor, there's a number of deciding factors as to why a kid may go left, why they down spiral, whatever the case may be. And part of it could be living up to that classification of those it stars. Is. It is a hundred percent. That's the that's the foundational building right. block of the book. Mm-hmm. Right. Period. End of story. You, you look at the website twenty four seven, and mad respect to them. I do mm-hmm. a lot of work with those guys. They released a new ranking system this year where they're going to have thirty two players be five star recruits. Yep. In history, you don't you don't have that many guys that are five star guys because right. they're not franchise changing players. But they wanted to mirror the NFL. Hey, what 32 players do we think are going to go change first be the face of yeah. a franchise, be a first-rounder? And I look at that and I say, oh, that is terrible for yes. the mental health of a player. To be told at 17, you're going to be the face of a franchise and change it. Or take it away from you. You're no longer going to be that. Right. You went from five to four <laughs> because were. this weekend's yeah. workout was really bad. Yeah. And right. I don't know that you failed an exam. Your parents yeah. split up. Like, right. we don't know. Tons of other right, stuff. Right. So, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. But the problem is, and the first page of the book says it, it's a B billion dollar recruiting industry. Right. Mm-hmm. What What are the classifications? What, are, what What is the makeup of to, to to declare or classify you as a one, two, three, four, five? What What is the, What is the makeup to determine what star, star of an athlete you are? Yeah, well, I, so, I don't know. Yeah, so zero, one, two, take it off the board. Doesn't really matter. They, right, they exactly. They so it's either, I mean, I've even heard three. So four, three five. is three, like four, you can five. play. Uh, I believe it's like group of five college football. Like you're not like a power five starter, but like you can play college football. You can go play San Jose State, UNLV, some of those places. Uh, four is like you're going to be an impact player, so four, a high five. impact player. So you, so and five you, is a franchise. You're going to yeah. face a franchise. You're going to change your franchise. I, that's why so it's you so ch- tough. Okay, okay, I got you. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, it's just mm. really hard for those players because – they and see everything now. That's, that's In our so, era, we probably wouldn't even, maybe we would have known, but we yeah. weren't reading the we one. Know. But that's so crazy website. to your point. Like, to say you're going to change the face of a franchise. At 17. And though, then, that's, and that's some lofty away, expectations. Yes. You four and five, yes. and to think, okay. and But if you think about your book, like, how many has actually done that? So there's five guys <laughs> that I saw at Elite 11, which again, the premier quarterback camp. I'd be curious if you'd agree with me. That I were like, these guys will do it. Jameis was the first one. Jameis Winston. I was like, mm-hmm. he has all the all things. The tools. He's going to be a freak. Tua. Because I never saw oh. anybody connect to people from such varying degrees of backgrounds mm-hmm. than him. Hands down, I knew yeah. I knew Tua. When I saw him for the first time, dude, 
Nobody didn't even know. I went down to college, go down to Alabama, and I work out, train with them. And I went to go work out, and I was there for for a camp. I had yeah. my nephews there, and they wanted me to work. You know, Calvin Ridley, uh, Cam Sim, all the guys are like, "Man, let's let's work out, let's work out." And I'm like, "I don't have any clothes. I ain't got no. I didn't bring anything." Trust me, they found me some stuff yeah. to work out. And then so they tried to get Jalen. Jalen was nowhere to be found. It's like, oh, it's like we got Tua. And I was like, what? It's like we got we got this guy Tua coming in. It's like he's from Hawaii. It's like, bro, true freshman. It's like, yo, he probably would be starting right now as a true freshman if Jalen wasn't. And I'm like, what? Bro, worked out an hour and a half, about an hour and a half for this dude. Bro, he didn't miss a throw. One throw he threw, it was a little behind. It was a bang, bang eight. And I came out of it, it was a little behind. When you talk about head and shoulders above what I've ever seen, I went back to him and I said, Tua, I said, bro, I said, when I come out this, this, this uh, my, my fourth outside step, I said, I shouldn't even see you throw the ball. I said, that ball should be at least halfway there. As soon as I hit my fourth outside step, it should be in my hand. That was the only correction I, I, I had with him. Bro, I've never seen anybody, yeah. at a true yeah. freshman, throw the ball like that in my entire life, fast forward to the season, I was tell I was watching them. I was telling some guys, I was like, bro, I said they got a freshman on that team. I was like, bro, he is. Uh, yeah, we, we were saying that it, for yeah two years. The it factor. <laughs> I was like, bro, this dude is yeah. the truth. Yeah. I was like, bro, no way. They was like, man, do you see how Jalen is playing? Like, bro, ain't no way. Ain't nobody coming playing. Sure enough, we Here know what has transpired. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, bro. Tua, yeah, Tua, you knew it. Would have yeah. believed it. Yep, that was another Fields. one. Justin three. Fields got so hot. He was yeah. such a he was so studious. Like I always kind of creep behind him. How are they studying? How are they taking notes? How are they observing? How are they seeking? Mm-hmm. You could tell. And he was such a freaky multiple sport athlete. This is a guy mm-hmm. who's yep. baseball, basketball, you, mm-hmm. football. He did it all. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Right. That was a no brainer. And then Caleb Williams. Yep. Every other guy you're like, I don't know. Awesome. Maybe. You hope, yeah. Could yeah, be. I hope so. Pa- yeah. Be amazing. So, yeah. so here's here's a list of the twelve guys drafted in the top ten. Uh, in the history of five-star quarterback rankings, Vince Young, freak, mm-hmm. Stafford, freak, Sanchez, freaky arm, Cam Newton, mm-hmm. I already man. know, <laughs> Blaine Gabbert, mm-hmm. powerhouse arm coming out, mm-hmm. Jameis, Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. okay, yep. probably yeah, best saw, athlete to ever play high school yep, football in the history that. of the game, yeah. Rosen, Josh, Tua, and Trevor. Wow, twelve out of the 134, now 137, were ever drafted in the top ten. Wow. And they all have, like, I'd say every one of those guys has a unique trait. Very unique. Outside-the-box trait. Yeah, yeah good, there you go. There's your line. Yeah, outside the box. Wow. Let everybody know where they can find your book. Yeah, just check it out on Amazon. You can find it right here. Yeah, right here. You can't have ours, There's though. One. Can't have ours. <laughs> well, we got we, we got to meet together to read that book. You read it to each book. other. You know, commercial. You know, I'm going to have to read it to him because he can't read. Oh, sure. yeah. Um, oh, wow. Let everybody right. know where they can That's find you doing? on social media as well. I'm easy. Just at Yogi Roth. I'm calling Pac-12 games all fall. I love it. I love the craft and being able to write this and I'll talk about it with you, man. I mean, it, it was Trevor's year where we sat down at lunch yeah. and talked about it, your future and your desire to do stuff like this, and you are just killing it, and I'm just so happy for you. Thank you, brother. I wouldn't be here without him. Trust me, he's the one that said the word podcast to me. I was like, hey, ding, 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 hit T, and here we are four or five years later, man. It's awesome. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Five-star. Five-star QB, QB Yogi Roth in the Yogi building. Rock. Get your popcorn ready. See you next week. Peace.